Welcome back to Walk Me Through This, where we are on our second series of How Do You Know You're Doing the Work? And so on our first one, we kind of framed it. What is the work? You know, we talked in our first series as the thing is not the thing. So you identify the thing. Then you kind of start doing the work. But then once you're doing the work, you wonder, how do I know? Am I really doing the work? And so Don, in um, the second kind of second episode of this series, asked a bunch of hard questions that I felt like were very pointed as the person in the room. They were. I designed <laughs> them for you. It was me. Uh, as I said there, you know, if you ever feel like in church, he's looking right at you and talking. Well, this is my life right now. So, uh, you know, we went through those hard questions and the spoiler alert, you know, he said most of us, because we're human, I would say, are not doing the work because it takes a lot of effort. And it's hard. It is hard. It is hard, hard work. One of the best quotes I've heard is get, and I use it a lot, I need, because this is the advice I've been given, I need to get comfortable being uncomfortable. I'm sure you're part of that that voice that's given that to me too. So let's jump into a little bit more encouraging stuff since yeah. that, yeah. you know, was very convicting, I'm sure, for at least me and others. So, so uh, the wise guides... Uh, in the in the Christian life, in the spiritual life, um, there are many, mm-hmm. and and often we we go back. Uh, it's it's there are contemporary guides who who are wise certainly, um, and so there's authors and and others that that we can listen to and interact with. But the the wise guides of old, some in Scripture, the the writer of the Proverbs, uh, the, the the psalmist, the prophets, the apostles, Jesus, our Lord Jesus uh, Himself, um, they reveal to us kind of the shape of the work, if I could say it that way, what the work consists of, <clears throat> and so broadly speaking. The, the language in scripture, the biblical language around this is confession. Mm. Okay. And, um, we Protestants, we Presbyterians, you know, we don't need to confess to a priest. We mm-hmm. can just, you know, go right to Jesus and do mm-hmm. it ourselves. And yes, we can. So I affirm that as an article of faith. Absolutely. We can confess our sins uh, to Christ. But the wise guide known as James, Mm. the brother of our Lord, he wrote a little letter in the New Testament. He said, confess your sins to one another and pray for one another Mm. that you may be healed. So if we take uh, kind of the rubric of the healing is what we're doing the work is bringing some integrity, some wholeness to my life. Okay, we're all Humpty Dumpty, right, that are broken into pieces and all the king's horses, all the king's men. Okay, so mm-hmm. what we're trying to gather the resources to help us be put back together again. And so this work broadly, I would say, is healing, okay, mm-hmm. emotional, spiritual, relational healing, okay? Because we're all broken. That's the other thing. We are all broken. Which is the framework of Genesis chapters 1, 2, and 3, yeah. right? We're all made in the image of God, but we're all fallen. Mm-hmm. And so there, we, we're, we're, uh, the fracture, I think we talked about the shattered mirror. We all reflect mm-hmm. the image, but it's like a rock has shattered the mirror. And so we look at others, we look at ourselves, and we don't always see accurately. We see outlines and shapes, but, but not a, a wholeness. So... If the work is doing the interior examination, reflection, conversation uh, with others, with God, 
it's what are the pieces of my life? So we need to identify those pieces that seem out of whack, out of alignment. Because we're not all as broken as we could be, thanks be to God. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. sin does misshape us in, in some ways. And so you've got a, a, a kind of a shape and a pattern to the way in which you are coping with your brokenness, the way I've got a shape and a pattern to my life. And mm. so there are some common responses and patterns in my life that you could just ask Krista, ask the kids, <laughs> and they would be happy to tell you Hold about on a second. it. Let me make That's some right. Calls. <laughs> <laughs> um, and so... So it's this notion of so the confession is the is kind of the broad understanding and confession is simply acknowledging or admitting or acknowledging um uh um agreeing with <laughs> is another uh, root meaning of that word confess to agree with Something out here that looks like wholeness that I recognize I'm not reflective of wholeness. And mm-hmm. so now when you're in conversation, you know, when we're in conversation or you're in conversation with friends or a counselor or a therapist mm-hmm. or a wise guide mentor, you're speaking about the brokenness. You're confessing. You just, you know, we think of confession in the confessional, mm-hmm. you know, Father, I have sinned, you mm-hmm. know, forgive me. You know. mm-hmm. it, it's. Confession broadly is speaking out to another human being mm-hmm. where I sense my life is out of alignment. For me, the words that I use a lot is bringing what's in the dark into the light. Love it. That's it. That's confession. Mm-hmm. But that's, that's, that's where the work begins. The mm-hmm. work begins when we acknowledge to another person mm. that I have some work I need to do. Can, would you be part of the team that mm. I, I think God's given you a, a special role in my life? And so it's a way of honoring that person. But then can I give you access? Can I talk out loud with you? And I give you permission to speak back to me your observations. And again, because they're wise guides that you've chosen, mm-hmm. they're going to speak in a, pl- a place of trust and, and with appropriate gentleness and yet appropriate firmness. That's going to be the truth-telling moment, right? So how does someone know who those people are? Yeah. How do you yeah. find them? Yeah. Uh, if you have no one, then – Come to church and give me a call. Uh, give Eric a call. Mm-hmm. Okay, start there. Or talk to a friend who you think you can trust and say, is there somebody you think I can talk to about? I'm not going to go into it with you, but I've got some things I need to talk through with somebody. Do you, can you point me in a direction? And so that's part of, I think, what you see your role as is being a resource to your community, you know, whether it's pointing towards the counseling and therapy or you know, yeah. other other. I mean, resources. it's funny. Yeah. As you talk, it's like, oh, yeah, I guess my whole mission, it's encouraging people to bring what's in the dark to the light. Like that's kind of my whole. Preface. And so and so and you're a bridge builder. You're trying mm-hmm. to build relationships. Mm-hmm. And so so what what we want to do, there's a set of questions I think that we want to be asking ourselves, but we'll only really know we're doing the work to the degree that we're asking them in the presence of another person. 
again, mm-hmm. to some degree. You know, we can do some Dear Diary and we can do some journaling and we can do – there is a, a place for just sitting in the chair by yourself in the quiet mm-hmm. with a cup of tea and your Bible and saying, I'm not leaving till I wrestle this thing through. Mm-hmm. Okay, but then you want to go take that work exactly and go get in conversation with somebody about exactly. It. Okay, yep. So, so again, how do we know we're doing the work? Are you bringing out of the dark into the light? Are you speaking to another human being? Round of applause. And and that is where the work begins. That doesn't end the work. Again, some people think, oh, I talked to because this is a fairly common pattern. I went to a counselor. I talked to them twice. Mm-hmm. I felt better. I got it off my chest. Yeah. And I would say, uh, that's not the work. <laughs> I, I love a lot of the stuff. You're saying stuff that um, is helping me kind of solidify thoughts I've had. And it's with the talking to someone. Exactly. There's definitely power in saying it and and you feel better but it's the it's the honestly it's that walking through life and that's of course why we call this walking through walk me through this um because it's that continual it's the staircase correct this is all a spiral staircase so it's not a one and done and so the trusted conversation i mean the trusted mentor friend conversation helps to work at it so you would articulate and then i would say well Tell me a little more about that. So, because usually when we bring it out of the dark into the light, it's a blob. Uh-huh. But the blob has shape. There's an angle here and a slope there and some roots here and, you know, a branch that leans over there. So we just, sometimes we just want to just, we kind yeah. of vomit it out, which yeah. is usually what we do in Facebook or we, you know, yeah. those are not articulate, you know. But in, in a trusted conversation, we bring – I want to speak to this. Yeah. Well, and with a cr- trusted conversation, I think that if you open yourself up – and this is speaking from my own experience and talking to someone, I mean you in particular, it's it's saying, okay, I'm going to – you know, I hate that word, word vomit, but that's kind of what it is. Sure. I'm going to unload – all of my thoughts. And that's why I said before, there's, for me, it's a lot of F words mm-hmm. sometimes when mm-hmm. I'm very hyped mm-hmm. up. Mm-hmm. But I'm doing it with the intention for you to help me sift through all of this junk. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. this is all this junk. But I don't just want to leave it here and then be like, oh, so good to get that out. I want to say, okay, here's all the stuff. Now what's the real issue? What's yeah. This is yeah. – yeah. What I'm wrestling with, and hopefully, as we grow, and as you know, for me personally, it's like we move up that stair spiral staircase. Sure. Hopefully, there's less to unload. Well, I think we shared this last time. Most of us, all of us, we want out of the situation. Yes. God wants us out of the bushes. He wants us out yes. of the dark into the light. Yes. We just want the yucky feeling to end. Yeah. And so the word vomit gives a measure of relief. But it's 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 the equivalent of taking a pill or taking a drink or you know binging a Netflix. I, I distract myself away from the hard work because the hard work is really deep and long. Okay, mm-hmm. this is a lifelong journey, uh, and so yeah. that's part of the you know what you're saying. You know, you clean up the room, the room gets messy. Life mm-hmm. you know brings these encounters. So so some questions to be in conversation with others about. Um, are 
why do I react this way to this person or this kind of situation? So it's just, it's asking yourself the question, but it's asking that question in the presence of another person. Can I think with you, I find myself getting reactive. And what I can't figure out is why I seem to react the same way. Mm. So, so, but the question is, Learning to observe your own reactivity as opposed to why do they keep doing X? Mm-hmm. The the question that the work calls us to do is why do I respond or react the way I do to X? And and to to do the hard work of naming that emotion because sad and mad, there's only one letter difference between them. Mm-hmm. But those are two very different emotions. But they are – they're kissing cousins, you know. I mean they, they really are connected. Mm-hmm. Uh, frustrated and fearful, okay. Mm-hmm. You know, frustrated is kind of mad but it's just like, you know. But fearful is like, ah, I could never say that. I could never talk about that to that person, mm. you know. And so you want to name, I'm afraid, I feel insecure, I feel inadequate. Um, and so there's great, there's great emotional word lists mm-hmm. that you could actually do. And, and some, you know, therapists will often do that mm-hmm. because some of us in our stuckness is I have – it's either sad or mad. That mm-hmm. Those are two kind of primaries, you know, that, mm-hmm. that, that we default to. But inside the sad – Family and inside the mad, you know, family are very, you know, uh, some some very significant um, uh, emotions. So it's it's asking, you know, why do I react uh, the way I do to X, Y, or Z? You know, so why do I seem to emotionally run away? Why do I tuck things away? Uh, why am I so short? This this is the you know, the questions we can ask ourselves in the in the privacy of our own home life, mm-hmm. you know, chair, you know, with a cup of coffee and, and the Bible. Um, is this part of a pattern in my life? Mm-hmm. So now you're trying to connect this moment or this situation that's very close in your mind. You know, yesterday I reacted this way and I feel bad about that. Is that actually a pattern in my life? And there's so there's some there's some self truth telling that needs to happen, right? Mm, so we need the truth to truth we need to tell ourselves the truth. Okay. We need to be willing to admit, yeah, this is actually a pattern in my life. And, and then what we want to do, I think, is excuse me, stretch this back. How did I handle these kind of things when I was a kid? See, it goes back to that oh, kid stuff. always goes back to kid stuff. How did I react to my parents? How did I react to my siblings? H- how is what I'm feeling right now a, a long emotion that the thread might I could I could you know you, sometimes you pull a string and it just mm. oh 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 Unravel. look unravels that string often stretches back to emotions, thoughts, reactions, attitudes that really began to take shape probably almost in a precognitive way, For sure. you know, you know, where you are in the, in the, you know, in your family of origin, mm-hmm. how, when you were excited, but nobody shared your excitement and, you know, the disappointment. So disappointments with another one was deep, powerful emotion. It's in the sad family, right? Um, and, and so when we're disappointed and so it's, it's, 
it's trying to do the work and step back and, and seeing the sweep of our lives or the scope of our lives and going, I remember that time back when I was 17. And then, you know, when I was 24 and, and you start to, you can start to connect the dots and see, okay, this thing has been part of my life. And, and so some of the work, and this is going to be hard to, I'm going to name this and you're going to probably react. It says, how have I made this my friend? Mm, yeah, for sure. <laughs> and, and it gives me some measure of comfort because then I can be a victim and I can just sit there and nurse my, lick my wounds when those bad people. And, it, and, and so what is this thing actually giving me? What value is it adding to my life? Because we think, oh, I, I want this out of my life. If you really wanted it out of your life, you'd get it out of your life. It's actually giving you something. You need to unpack that more. It's too much. That's mm -hmm. too much, Don Meeks. That's too much. Do you do you seriously mean that? Yeah. Do you so? Well, I mean, for me, yeah, so yeah. I, I, so that's something that with guests on my other podcast and just conversations I've been in with people, that is a very common thing. So I'm on. It's been introduced to me. Yeah. I've yeah. Hmm. thought about it. I need to do more thinking about it. So I feel like. I'm on board. Is the Lord speaking to you, Samantha, right now <laughs> through your friends? <laughs> always, always. <laughs> I've always said God works always through community with me because of how I am. But but I want, especially for everyone listening, because the, you said it, and I just I feel like it's something you could blow through. Yeah. And it's something that for the last two years has been in yeah. conversation yeah. with me with people. And I'm still trying to – like when you say – it's feeding you in some way. It's Correct. serving you. Correct. And if you wanted it gone, it would be. And so I just feel like that is such a huge thing that I could easily say, oh, yeah, I get that. Because I feel like I do. I've been talking about it. I'm working on it. But it still is just too huge. It's too much to be like, no, no, no. Yeah. What do you mean? Yeah. But I, I am convicted that there's certain things that I'm like. And so for me, there's like certain, let's say, identity things. Like sure. this is who I am. Yeah. And so you default back to it. Correct. And and it and it it forms some measure of justification or rationalization for our behavior. Well, yeah, I'm Irish, so I get to fly off the handle at people. Mm -hmm. Right? As if that gives me an excuse for my bad behavior. Yeah. Hey, I'm a guy. Guys are supposed to be emotionally absent. Huh? Mm -hmm. You know? Mm -hmm. and, and and so I, I think that's the concept is that yeah. we we begin to tell ourselves a story very little, very young. And then we find activities throughout our life that add to the story that we're telling ourselves. And frankly, sometimes we're telling a story that others told us. Yeah, for sure. Our parents, you'll never amount, you never do things the right way, you know. And then we internalize that and then we begin to gather to ourselves activities. So you just said something that – so. Could you say then, you said, um, this is serving you in some way. Could it be serving you in a way that prevents you from digging deeper Habs. and hitting those painful spots? So uh, if I choose to just live in this world where, well, this is the way I am and I'm this person, it's protecting you because if you really had to dig deep of why you're that kind of person or why you have these coping mechanisms or habits, you're going to get to that dark place. But the healing is only found by going to that dark place. 
I, th- I believe that is one of the primary understandings I have, that that story we tell ourselves is serving me by protecting me from doing the real work mm. so that I can easily tell this story. Because it, it, it even get, if it's painful, even if it because that's why I was like, wait, we need to dig into this because you can't say if something's hard, mm-hmm. why would you say it's serving you? But mm-hmm. when you peel it back and say, no, it's it's you think it's mm-hmm. protecting you from something even more painful. I suspect so. Dang. I mean, I operate in that place of understanding that the that the deepest issues we have are our vulnerability before God. Mm-hmm. It's 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 so it's the Genesis one two and three stories. Okay, we're initially Adam and Eve made in God's image, naked and without shame. Mm-hmm. Sin enters the world. They they choose to be as gods themselves. We choose to take unto ourselves the right to determine good and evil for ourselves. Right. Immediately, their eyes are open. Shame is the immediate emotional response, which runs them into the bushes and they're searching for the right size mm-hmm. fig leaves. Okay. They're in, you know, over in the men's section and the women's section and they sew their fig leaves together. So now they're in the dark. Mm-hmm. They're in the bushes. They're hiding. They're evading. Mm-hmm. They're avoiding. And they're kind of pointing. Adam, did you eat fruit? Uh, well, the woman you gave me tempted mm-hmm. me and I ate. And so, and so the, the vulnerability to our brokenness. So I, I take as the core issue that in our, in our brokenness is if people knew who I really was, Mm -hmm. and you can probably fill in the blank, Mm -hmm. they wouldn't love me, accept Mm me, want to be around me. Yep. So we t- we have a, a kind of an internal narrative, and this is the shared story of the human family. Mm. And so how you play out your sense of insecurity and if they really knew who I am. Mm-hmm. And so what we do is, well, then I'll create a f- story of who I am mm. that I think people want to – they want me to be this way. So we start having kind of performat- a performative life, right? So Adam and Eve are kind of in performative Mm-hmm. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. you know. So we're, well, what, what, we're, what, bushes? Oh, oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, sorry, God, we're just over here. Yeah, just kind of checking out the bushes. Mm-hmm. Uh, fig leaves. What, what's up with that? Uh, just you know, just kind of trying something. Just new. trying something new, you know. Hey, just trying to love this garden, God. Good job, love the garden. <laughs> hey, did you eat uh, that fruit? No. What me fruit. fruit? Me what? Oh, oh, yeah, Eve, yeah. Oh, God, if you hadn't given her to me, I might not be in this jam. And so there's a performative aspect to us that the, the, the sin, and I, I like that word, but I don't like that word because mm-hmm. it, it's such an overused word. This thing I've done <laughs> to detach myself from God, to be a God unto myself, puts me at odds with God. And I don't want, I don't like, Exposure is the thing we fear most. Exposure is the thing we fear most. That's why it's so hard for us to say we're sorry. Mm. Mm. And so the way many of us come at the sorry is, I'm sorry I got caught. Mm. Not I'm sorry I did this. (laughs) 
I'm sorry I got caught because I feel embarrassed. Oh. Those are two different things, right? And so exposure, this this sense of, okay, I feel exposed at this moment. I feel naked at this moment in front of family members, friends, God, whatever. And so, but this is the work of recognizing there are these kind of emotional games we play. The mad is a game we play. The sad is a game we play. The disappointed, because, but underneath this is often a sense of if I, not only if you knew who I really am, I don't know that you would love me and accept me. So that's why I hide behind the fig leaves, okay, these these mm-hmm. games we play. But if I told you what I'm really thinking, so one is, you know, if you knew who I was, but the other is if I really spoke my mind right here, if I told the truth about this situation, mm-hmm. I don't know that you would love me either. So we we sit in these places. Now, Yelling at people for, you know, doing stupid stuff is not necessarily truth-telling because there's a redemptive – Yeah. I mean, in the redemptive sense. If I really said, I'm, I'm, really, I'm really disappointed that this happened. It, the thought of telling our parents how disappointed we are <laughs> in them mm-hmm. from some things that they foisted upon us without knowing that they were doing it because mm-hmm. they're just broken people too, yeah. right? So – and we're going to do it to our kids. And we, and we are already yeah. doing it to our kids, right? Yeah. Just by, and so if we really – but why is it so hard to go and tell somebody we know and love how disappointed we are? Well, uh, because then I'm actually showing my cards and I've been disappointed for a really long time in this relationship. And if I if I name that, that's just too risky. That's, I'm too naked right now. I'm too exposed right now. So we la- so we learn in our relationships to laugh things off to kind of <laughs> yeah 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 <laughs> you know and we deflect and divert because mm-hmm. we're afraid of telling the truth we're afraid of hearing the truth mm-hmm. and we're afraid of telling the truth and so a lot of it wraps around these games we play so the questions are the this so it's an invitational thing we're mm-hmm. inviting others to speak into our lives, you know, these kind of questions. And then I think some some forward-looking questions. How could I handle this better next time? Mm. So it's rehearsing in our mind because there will be a next time. There's mm-hmm. always a next time, mm-hmm. right? So how could I handle that better next time? And so um, as an athlete, you know, I played ball, uh, baseball through college. And so kind of the sports psychology thing is envision yourself – Hitting that pitch, it's kind of, you know, visualize the thing before it happens and then go out there and try to execute the thing you visualized. And so there's a similarly, next time this happens in my marriage, with my children, at the family reunion, at Mm -hmm. the church service, at work, Mm -hmm. I've rehearsed. Oh, there it is. Okay, now I've prepared. So, but here's the question, though. So... Oh, man, let me think. So it's like you're internal. I guess the question is, how do you not get into repression and how do you not get into ignoring it? Because you could just modify your behavior, which is, okay, I've learned I'm not going to engage in a conversation, you know, or Mm -hmm. I'm not going to comment on this Mm -hmm. or, Mm -hmm. you know, et cetera. But if you're still giving yourself like an internal 
whatever, you know, you're mm-hmm. still fuming or this or that. Mm-hmm. So the question, so, so in the setting where you don't speak up, but you walk away internally yeah. fuming, then with, you know, your journal, with your quiet time, with God and prayer, and then with a trusted friend over the next few days or weeks, you say, let me talk about this. I was in the setting. I kind of wanted to say something. Didn't feel I could get my voice in. That might be one of the issues is. Or that you shouldn't. I mean, that's the other thing, too, because it's like with the truth telling, well, it's not always speaking There's a time to speak and and a time not to speak. And so so I I don't, you know, maybe I should have said something and didn't, or maybe I said something and wish I hadn't, you know, I mean, you know, so there's two sides of that one. And this is the ongoing work. Yeah. And so it's. But I walked away fuming. Uh-huh. Okay, I want to pay attention to the fuming. Mm-hmm. Why? Why am I fuming? Why, why, so why am I fuming? What, what, what happened in that thing? Because uh, I did actually raise my hand on the Zoom call and I didn't get called on. Mm-hmm. And that just fumed. But that makes me feel the way I did, you know, back when I was 15 years old and I kept mm-hmm. raising my hand in math class and Mr. Jones never called on me. But that really reminds me of when I was six years old and I was saying, mommy, mommy, look at my, you know, piece of artwork Mm -hmm. and mommy didn't have time. You know, I mean, it's again, it sounds a little psycho babbly, but but I really do believe there are these emotional patterns that happen. And so my fuming here Mm -hmm. is something I've learned. Yeah. Okay, I can fume, which is better than yelling at people on Zoom. (laughs) But the fuming then leads to some self-destructive, you know, I overeat, I overdrink, mm-hmm. I rant in some other way, I kick the dog, you know. Mm-hmm. And so oh my gosh. And so I want to live in a place where I can then frame things. So how can I handle it better next time? And then another question is, what's realistic to expect of other people? You know, well, you know, he, he probably didn't see my hand raised. And so I start to defume my anger when I realize... Yeah. Well, it was at the end of the question and answer period. I raised my hand a little late. You know, he probably was under pressure from the clock, mm-hmm. you know, to wrap up the meeting. You know, I mean, you start to mm-hmm. you start to give the benefit of the doubt to other people. You start to try to see things from their perspective, which, again, is a biblical resource. Mm-hmm. Do not look only to your own interest, but to the interest of others. You know, Philippians chapter two. But this is the this is the that's why I say this is hard work and it's long work. Because every interaction is connected to every other interaction in my life. So how I react to Krista and the kids is how I react Mm -hmm. to, you know, the church situation, how I react to my brothers, Mm -hmm. you know, how I react to the neighbors. Because I'm me. Yeah. You're the one consistent. I'm the one consistent in all this. That's what's so funny about the whole that we do because I'm, you know, throwing myself under the bus, you and everybody. It's like it's so easy to be like, you know, the they, they this, they that. But it's like, well, what's the common denominator? One common denominator. It's me. <laughs> Dang it. It's me. Yeah, yeah. It's me. Dang, Don. Okay. So how do we know we're doing the work? We talked about the questions to ask that are going to convict you and make mm-hmm. you realize, hmm, probably not doing the work. Yep. And even – and this is why you said most of us aren't because even if you think you're doing the work, asking those questions reveals the areas you're not doing the work in because you might be doing the work. But there's always, you know. There's a lot of work to mm-hmm. do. 
And that's why it's lifelong, right? It too. is lifelong. Because we never arrive. That's the other thing. Like as soon as we think we arrive there, Correct. it's like – Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, analogy. Uh, maybe we can wrap up uh, this portion of the conversation. Uh, as one who likes to play golf, there's different dimensions to the golf game. Getting off the tee with the driver, okay, so boom, the tee shot, and then the approach shot, mm-hmm. and then around the green if you didn't get your shot onto the green, so you've got wedges, okay, and then you've got your putting, and then you've got getting out of the sand, and then they always talk about course management, how you think your way. Oh, you're over in the trees. Yeah, I'm going to hit the hero shot, okay? Or you just, you know, chip out, take your medicine and go. And so there's about five or six dimensions to the golf game. You never have, no golfer ever has them all in sync. Mm. Maybe Tiger Woods once, mm-hmm. you know, in 1997 Masters mm-hmm. Tournament, you know, he had it all going and it's fleeting. So when you get this part of your game together, well, you're, mm-hmm. it's probably because you're paying attention to it, right? Mm-hmm. And you're practicing that and you're, you're, to kind of not working on your putting so much and then mm-hmm. the putting kind of lags and then, okay, you start working on the putting and then you forget mm-hmm. how to drive again. You know? yeah. And so there's always some aspect of our lives and God in his mercy doesn't crush. We don't get crushed with everything. Yeah. You know, something comes to my awareness, this relationship. And so I start working on reacting better to my child. Okay, and then, you know, I give some attention to that and I'm not paying attention to these other dimensions. And then, okay, hey, that that comes to some place. I'm learning some things about it. And then I start working over here. And so, but the the joy is in the work. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, we need to fall in love with doing the work. So that is going to be our next and final series, uh, you know, or, or, yeah. or episode of this series. Because as you were talking, I thought, okay, Don. We have the depressing questions, and we have the next level of still pretty depressing um, of having to do the internal work. And so the question that came to me while you were talking that I wanted to to throw out, and that's why you know come, we'll you know stay tuned for this last episode, is how the heck do you keep that joy? How do you mm-hmm. not get crushed mm-hmm. by the weight? Because there's that realization, you know, I say it so flippantly. Oh, we're all broken, but dang, like it. It's not fun. Mm -hmm. The work is hard. So to, you know, I want to get these questions in writing so we can post them for Mm -hmm. people. Sure. I think that'll be really helpful. But I feel like we need a pep talk to close this series out (laughs) because the work is worth it. And I can, you know, I still have more work to do. But after walking, you know, now that I have walked through some hard seasons, it's like I can see now that it's worth it. Yeah. But yeah. you just want it to end, though. You just want it to, like, can I be done Can with I be that? done now? Yeah. 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 So, um, so yeah. yeah, we'll come back and we're, we're going to wrap up with let us keep that joy. Good. All right. Thank you, Don. Mm-hmm. thing I've ever heard.